I'm Carrie Young. Coming up on Monday's Radio Boston, a conversation with Congressman Stephen Lynch. We learn more about what makes him tick from life as an iron worker and lawyer to what he thinks is still left to do in Congress. Plus, he tells us how a cheeseburger saved his life. Seriously, you won't want to miss that. You're listening to Radio Boston, and right now we're going to talk about the Boston public schools and how they could look different in the next decade or so. Some school buildings might close, others will merge, at least if things go according to plan, specifically to a plan that officials call a, quote, master facilities plan. Now, before the phrase facilities plan kind of makes your eyes glaze over, we're talking about more than just buildings here. We're talking about a new chapter and what public school education could look like in Boston. We're going to take a closer look with someone who really knows this stuff well, former WBUR fellow and also former teammate on the education team, Emily Piper Valillo. Hey, Emily, welcome to the studio. Hi, thank you, Carrie. It's so great to be here. So I want to just jump in and if you can give me some highlights on what this plan does. What do do officials want to do? Yeah, so BPS has 119 buildings, and most of them are not in great shape. Many of them are missing the basic things you'd expect a school to have, like libraries, gymnasiums, science labs. Some don't have elevators that would make them accessible for students or staff who have wheelchairs. And a lot of these schools are also not fully enrolled. So some some are only half enrolled. And even if your school is half enrolled, you still need a principal. You need the same number of teachers. You need building maintenance at these schools. And so it can be expensive to spread your resources across many different schools that are not at capacity. Um, So with the facilities plan, officials are envisioning a district with fewer schools that are larger. And this will likely involve merging, moving, and closing some schools. And I just want to mention that this is not the district's first facilities plan. Previous mayors have introduced similar plans, most recently build BPS under former Mayor Marty Walsh. Right, Uh, I remember that one. Yeah, and families worry that those plans have caused disruptions like school closures, but, but haven't always resulted in new buildings and improved construction. So they are coming to this plan with a a fair bit of skepticism. No, I can understand that. You know, like there are a few mergers uh, and potential moves that are already underway or being planned for. I want to ask quickly, outside of logistics, what does the city say? Like, why are they doing this? Yeah. So city officials say they want all kids to have well-resourced physical spaces for learning. They want all schools to be inclusion schools so that students with disabilities are learning in the least restrictive environments with their non-disabled peers. Um, and and the, the district acknowledges in the facilities plan that BPS was founded on principles of institutional racism, and the physical footprint of the current district is a symptom of that. Um, and most families and educators I have heard from would agree with that statement. Uh, I visited schools in Boston and I visited schools in predominantly white suburban communities just a couple miles away. And, and they're different. The resources they have are very different. All right. That's former WBUR fellow Emily Piper Valillo. Emily, sit tight. We're going to come back to you. But before we do, we're, you know, we have spoken already to some educators 
who one of which has been involved in one of the potential moves that's coming up. I spoke earlier this week with Jessica Tang, the president of the Boston Teachers Union, and Aparna Lakshmi, history teacher at the O'Brien School in Roxbury, which there is a proposal on the table to move that to a different part of town. Now, Jessica began by telling me her reaction to the larger district-wide facilities plan. So if you look at the vision, actually, it's a great vision. It's actually the vision I think a lot of people would agree with, that all of our students deserve world-class facilities that support their academic needs, but also internet opportunities, and that they are updated, modernized, and green new facilities, too. And so I think those are all things that, you know, if you're an educator, student, family member, parent, that you can get on board with. The vision, I think, is something positive that we need to keep our eye on. I think the question is always about implementation of that vision. Right. How do we get there? What hard decisions do we have to make to get there? Upperna, part of the reason why we wanted to have you in this conversation was because the John D. O'Brien School, which is currently in Roxbury, is potentially it's uh, proposed to move to West Roxbury, which is a, a very affluent part of town. It's majority white. And, you know, if you live in East Boston and are trying to make it all the way across town to West Roxbury, you could be as a student in for a long ride. And so as an educator, we'll start there. You know, how are you feeling kind of being in this in person, kind of live and seeing these decisions be played out? Well, the proposal that the city and the superintendent have made have been made without very much community input. So there was one Zoom meeting with the community in June. And you're talking about just the O'Brien move? Just in the, the O'Brien okay. move, yeah. Um, and since then, really all we've had is tours of the West Roxbury facility. So we haven't had a lot of opportunities as a community to discuss what this proposal might mean for us. And I think that that's unfortunate because the stakeholders that are involved, parents and students and family members, are the ones who really need to have the biggest say in what happens. I want to play a little bit of uh, something that uh, Mayor Wu mentioned about this particular move with the O'Brien School that uh, potentially might move to Madison Park. She was on with us back in December for a Mondays with the Mayor, and here is what she said about that. They cannot expand to their fullest potential in terms of being the same size as some of the other exam schools are, being the um, having the real engineering and science and technology and math pathways that the students want in this current physical location. So you can't have a conversation only with O'Brien families about a decision that will really affect the entire city in, in decades to come. Now, Aparna, I want to play one more piece of tape, too, from uh, Mayor Wu, because I played her a little bit of sound in that interview from a testimony that you gave during it was a city hall hearing, I believe, about this particular uh, uh, subject. And so here is how she responded. There's a tension between wanting to move urgently. If we want to see new schools built Anytime in the next decade, we need to get going on it now. There's a reason why our school buildings are falling apart. These are hard conversations that are complex and involve a lot of communities. Now, there's like this sense of urgency in the way the mayor responded to these questions. And so, yeah, if you can weigh in on that, Aparna. So I completely agree that the facility situation is urgent. We had 
parts of the ceiling fall down in our school this year. Our roof leaks. Um, I had to switch classrooms one year in BPS because there was so much mold coming out of the HVAC system in my classroom. The district has scored every school, and the average school gets a 38 out of 100 on facilities. That's not good. That's definitely an urgent situation. But I think we're being, I, I would respectfully disagree with the mayor, I think we're being presented with some false choices. So the current Madison Park O'Brien campus is a million square feet. It's in Roxbury, right next to Roxbury Crossing. A million square feet is a lot of space. Right. And a lot of that space right now is dead space or it's only single story. And what we are suggesting is actually not that different than what Anim Architects, which was the architectural team that looked at Madison Park. It's not that different from what they were originally suggesting. Uh, just for a little bit of context, we have a million square feet and there's seven buildings. So Anim Architects suggested that buildings one, two, seven um, all go to Madison Park and that they be redesigned. And there's some nice looking proposals for that. Mm-hmm. And that buildings three, five and six be reserved for another school, which okay. is our school. It's pretty cost effective and it would allow both schools to expand in a STEM ecosystem. Well, I want to dive in a little bit more on what you're saying. You can tell that you have a lot of passion in, you know, having your voice heard about this particular issue. And I, I want to know, like, what's behind that for you? What What is this about? You know, like, it seems simple, like move a school, uh, you know, what what difference would that make? But but yeah, wh- what difference does that make for you and for your students? So I'll say that the O'Brien is a really special place. I've taught there for 10 years. And as a young, you know, kid of immigrants, I, I didn't always feel like I belonged in every space I was in. And I really belong at the O'Brien. And I think our kids would say the same. Our school is 88% kids of color. About half of our students don't speak English as a first language. Our students come from all over the city, but about half of them come from East Boston, Dorchester, and Roxbury. And the district themselves in their own transportation plan admits that transit times would increase for those students. And the location that we're in right now isn't just convenient from a transit perspective. It's special. It's right next to Northeastern. It's right next to Wentworth. It's right next to Longwood Medical. Our kids have partnerships and dual enrollment programs and internships at all of these places. It's not just, oh, we have a lab inside the school. It's that we have access to all of the laboratories and the incredible spaces that are happening in Roxbury. And so our kids get all those opportunities. And that helps create, you know, future doctors and future engineers and future nurses. And that's what our school is trying to do. Yeah. Well, I want to bring the conversation back over to our other guest, Jessica Tang, president of the Boston Teachers Union. You know, uh, it does sound like, you know, when you hear about kind of what's at stake here, who might be affected by a move, a school move, it's a big deal to the people that are living that are living it. How do you kind of square the trade-offs in your mind, especially when you're maybe advising the school district on some things? Well, our job as the union is really to solicit actually the feedback from all of our constituents. And obviously that includes our educators like Aparna. And so we do take our cue from the, the teachers in the school and the educators and the parents and families. And what we hear loud and clear is, you know, we do know that Madison Park deserves, you know, better facilities as well. We know that, you know, two thirds of our buildings in Boston Public Schools were built before 1940. We do need new schools and they need to be built. You know, at, at, the urgency is real, uh, but I think there is a tension between the urgency and, you know, I think of that. 
uh, African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that is, I think, our role is helping to make sure that all voices are heard and that, yes, we are moving with urgency. We need solutions. We need new school, school buildings built now. It takes several years, you know, in the process. And we have to do it without harming those who are most impacted and actually show very clearly this, this disruption will result in X, Y, and Z and ABC, which are things that you don't have right now. And if you can't name how students are going to benefit and how the community is going to benefit from those changes and disruptions, then you really have to question whether that's the right decision. And that's when you see a lot of pushback. Okay. Do you feel like the, the BTU, BTU members feel like they're being heard right now, at least in this kind of early phase of the process? Well, the good news is there is kind of a pause in terms of ensuring that the city is looking at all the other different possibilities. Uh, there have been many possible solutions that the community of O'Brien, for example, has shared themselves. Right. And so there will not be a vote until all of those other possibilities are explored. And to that extent, I do think that uh, they're being heard for now. Right. Okay, Aparna, I want to turn back to you, you know, talking about this community feedback and feedback from teachers, you know, uh, union members and and what their needs and concerns are. In your particular instance with the, you know, proposal to move the John D. O'Brien School, what, you know, I, I know you've said that there has not been a ton of community input options for you. So what would you like to see? Sure. Um, so, what I would like to see is for the district to consider practical alternatives. So they released a report on alternatives. They gave us three pretty impractical alternatives and then said that all three of those were impractical. We've got specific ideas about what to do to keep both schools on the same, again, a million square feet. Are they willing to sit down and talk brass tacks with us, really get into the weeds and talk about, okay, what could you put here? What could you put here? What program could you move here? Um, and how could you use the space better? Are they willing to do that with us? So far, it hasn't happened. Okay. It, it sounds to me that, you know, sort of on a, a bigger picture level, it sounds like you not only want to be heard in terms of what your thoughts are, but you, you want to be a part of the process in terms of thinking about the alternatives instead of being given alternatives. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Jessica, I want to turn back to you. You know, when we move forward with this, um, you know, one thing I had mentioned in the beginning and heard a lot in that city council hearing uh, that Upperna spoke at that I, I shared with the, the mayor, that there was discussions about the long commutes that might be in store for people. So if there, if that's the case with the John D. O'Brien School, there are other moves and mergers potentially on the list. What's your thought process around, you know, potential impacts in terms of even just commute times. Is that something the district should be keeping in mind? I think actually that was one of the most compelling things I heard from the community is how much it would impact particularly the students in East Boston and their ability to get to a school in West Roxbury, especially when we're trying to, you know, address tardiness and absenteeism, et cetera. And so I think that they raise really valid points and concerns. And again, you know, it's not that they don't want a new school building. I actually do think it's, it's going to be a beautiful campus in West Roxbury. But a school is so much more than a building. It's really, I think, part of the fabric of a community. And so when you take the school out of the community that it feels very much tethered to, uh, then it's 
just not going to be the same school if you take it out of that community. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Uh, but I do think the focus also has to be on the fact that, unfortunately, uh, there's a sentiment sometimes that, you know, if I don't get into one of the exam schools, then I have no options. And so I've really been trying to encourage everyone to think about, okay, what are we doing to improve all the other high schools too, so that we don't have to have these commutes all over the city, because you can go to a school uh, that's closer to home that you can get to more quickly, but you are confident that it's a high quality experience and educational experience. And I think that actually already exists. And we're not talking enough about those other high schools as well, and how much they have to offer and how much more we can actually do to support them to be, you know, world-class institutions of education as well. Right. I mean, in, in the future of BPS, in an ideal future of BPS, do you think there there will be exam schools or do you think that those sort of, uh, you know, the offering of a, an excellent education or a high quality education would be available everywhere around town? Well, that's certainly our goal. <laughs> we We believe that. We actually believe that every student that comes to our doors deserves high quality education. And so we have to figure out, well, what is needed and how do we provide those resources? And this is, you know, not just on the city. This is like a a state funding issue. Uh, This is a federal investment issue as well. Uh, You know, there's a reason why that our schools, our facilities are in such a disrepair in first place. And it's not just unique to Boston. It's like all over the country uh, that The pandemic showed it so much where we saw so many buildings that don't have HVAC that were built so long ago. You didn't have working windows. What are we going to do to continue to invest in the disinvestment that's happened over decades? And so that is, I think, the hope of the facilities plan. But again, you have a vision that you can agree on. But if you want to bring everyone together, you got to have the, um, I think, the, the steps to ensure that everyone does feel heard and part of the process. And it can be done. That was Jessica Tang, president of the Boston Teachers Union, and Aparna Lakshmi, history teacher at the O'Brien School in Roxbury. And reporting in the beginning from former WBUR fellow Emily Piper Valillo. Thanks for that, Emily. And we should note we did reach out to BPS, and they said that they have not made any final plans yet, but they say they are still engaging with the community. This is Radio Boston.